Hey there, offgoers! Few things before we get started. First of all, wanted to give one more special thanks out to Travis Odenzoff. He pledged to be able to sit in on the live recording of this week's episode. And if that sounds interesting to you, to be able to sit in on the live recording, hear the entire recording session, talk with us a little bit beforehand and afterwards, it is a one-time $50 pledge to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. On the topic of Patreon, there was a 20-minute segment we had to cut out from this week episode where we talked about the inauguration and the women's march if you want to hear that it is a pledge of as low as one dollar to patreon.com slash muse and one last thing we have a new twitter page for the podcast you guessed it it's twitter.com slash going off podcast follow it today once we're in trump's america as a bushwhacking guerrilla army we're gonna be doing one thing and one thing only Punching Nazis. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Muse, how are you doing? I proposed the question to, to my Twitter earlier for, uh, for people to vote with the simple question, is it okay to punch dangerous neo-Nazis who have called for and supported the idea of racial genocide? After 64, uh, 67 votes uh, were cast, 72% voted yes. Then we got 16% no, 12% unsure. (laughs) I I was honestly expecting a lot more unsures Uh, than than, than just black or white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I think we've all, you know, dealt with that over the the uh, course of the past couple days where you think like, well, you know what? I'm not a violent guy. I, I do think violence should be a last resort, but you, you kick it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. You know, numerous times. I know I did. Normally, I would not say that anyone should be putting their hands on anyone. In fact, I feel like if I was there, I would probably be trying to get that guy off of him. Because you know how when you watch, you see someone, the way someone moves, like they there was that one hit, but you could see he was about to go for another one. And it's mm. good that somebody got him off of him and that he walked away because, you know, like under threat of taking off the mask, but the moment already happened. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't be like, all right, every, nobody look at the video anymore. <laughs> you know, for the sake of his pride. Look straight up and down. Like I said, I don't want people hitting other people, and I do feel the idea that like if you put this out here, it could promote the idea that hey. Uh, the only way they know is violence, so let's just be violent against them. Like, I feel that on a certain level. But then there's a part of me that just wants the catharsis of these people who have, like, always felt like they were untouchable. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. To be like, oh yeah, someone will knock you the fuck out because you keep talking to shit. And it's not just, like, because people try to be like, uh, oh, well, you know, oh, you want to hit someone just because they have a different press, uh, uh, preference for something? Oh, you want to hit someone just based on idea? These are ideas that think that I shouldn't exist. That think mm. that it's okay if I was killed. That's not fucking okay. And straight up and down, if a punch is all you get, you lucky, son. The funny thing about it is, the setup is that he's like, oh, all these people that are protesting me, they're not, they're, they don't have any real balls. I mean, they're just doing silly stuff. It doesn't really matter. I'm not changing my mind based on their little demonstrations. It's basically what he said. Because It's basically what he was getting at. You know what I mean? The idea that, oh, what a bunch of pussies. And then he gets smashed in his shit. 
I think that's what makes it specifically entertaining, you know? It's not like he was just talking about, like, oh, how's the weather today? Oh, da, da, da. Pow, what the fuck? It was just like, oh, these protesters are a bunch of pussy. Oh, my God! <laughs> you know? There's a bunch of levels to this, which which ultimately led me to come to the conclusion where, in case you wanted to know or weren't sure if you're not following me on Twitter, I'm a-okay with what happened. Um, <laughs> I, I saw people say, you know, this was an act of retaliation against someone who disagrees with you or you can't be violent against your political opposition. Uh-huh. So I thought about this and I've, I've seen memes where, you know, genocide is not a political platform. It isn't. Yeah. It's not a political stance. You, 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 you can't defend it Can, as I, such. I just, I just want to say this. I, I, I let you get right back to your point. But just to... Just to qualify what we're saying. I mean, not qualify, but just to uh, uh, make sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. 2012, Alternative Right published an article entitled, Is Black Genocide Right? Written by him. Mm. It stated that the black race, quote, has contributed almost nothing to the pool of civilization and asked whether black genocide is something worth considering. He goes on to say, uh, um, uh, uh. We should instead be asking, oh, instead of asking how we can make reparations for slavery, colonialism, and apartheid, or how we can equalize academic scores and incomes, we should instead be asking questions like, does human civilization actually need the black race? Is black genocide right? And if it is, what would be the best and easiest way to dispose of them? With starting points like these, wisdom is sure to flourish, enlightenment to dawn. Yeah, punch that fucker. So that's what we're going from. This wasn't someone who was just like, ah, I just kind of feel uncomfortable around black people sometimes. This is someone who advocated for killing people. Yeah, this, when, when people say that, oh, it's a political opposition, the metaphor I had was that if someone is pro-life and mm. they're very verbally, vocally pro-life, no, I, I would not, I would not support someone going up to that pro-life person and punching them in the ear. Now, if you're one of these pro-life people that advocates and calls for the bombing of abortion clinics... Right, right. Then, yeah! I think you do deserve a punch in the <laughs> head. You have already spewed out the, the rhetoric of violence. Whether or not he wants to be called a Nazi or not, he's a fucking Nazi. You come from this line where you idolize an attempt at genocide... That, that, that already failed once. Yeah, this isn't, yeah, that's the thing. This isn't something that, oh, was just in theory for the longest time. This is something that happened. And, wa- and yeah, and they want to happen again. Th- th- that is, in my opinion, throwing the first punch. And the other thing I had seen where it was like, hey, you know, someone just wasn't happy with what he was saying. At that exact moment, like you said, he wasn't saying anything particularly offensive at that moment. He was just having an interview. At the exact moment... He got punched in the ear. He was explaining the Pepe button on his jacket. (laughs) So what I theorized was the only person who I would be like, okay, yeah, you deserve to punch him for what he's saying at this exact moment was the creator of Pepe, who innocently innocently (laughs) drew a little cartoon frog a few years ago. And now look, look what they've done to your baby. Like I said, this isn't just rhetoric, and I, and I feel like a lot of particularly white men 
And, and this isn't to be like, oh, because I hate white women. No, uh, white men. No, it's because to you, this isn't a reality yet. No one has really called for the death of all white people and actually gone through with it. It really does that come has to- not been a thing that has ever happened. You don't have any historical context for being a white man and being killed. And then for 50 years later, people to fucking kick around the idea again and then have it be treated as fair. You don't have the context for that. A lot of a lot of these arguments to you are seen as theory, you know, theoretical rhetoric. And it's like, no, this is reality. This is stuff that inspires the next genocide of people. I, I don't want to hear another single straight white man say how it was wrong to punch him because honestly it's not your fucking place it's it's not your place to argue and i've been seeing that a lot from people i even admire professionally which is heartbreaking and i'm not going to name names but you know if you follow the same people i do you've probably seen it yourself where it's just you now i'm sickened by the people who who take joy in this and it's like well y- you there is no threat being proposed to you they're never going to come after you you've got nothing to worry about yeah, you have no reason to be scared. No, not at all. <laughs> someone, someone sent me a meme that was really funny. It was like, uh, it was like this face that was like smiling, and it has like one of those little safety pins on, you know, uh, with a peace sign behind it. And it says, "When marginalized people uh, react with righteous aggression to the rise of white nationalism, and you consider this response to be just as bad as fascism itself, so you police their tone and preach pacifism, which actively undermines their resistance." But you can rest easy knowing that love trumps hate. <laughs> like. And the other side was for anyone who is iso- who is pointing out the isolated incidents at these uh, women's marches. P- people will look for any shred of whatever to criticize and pr- pretty much bring down the validity of the entire worldwide movement. I, I heard people, you know, get on uh, Ashley Judd for saying something that, that was out of turn or for Madonna saying fuck you to yeah, people that, that, were, that were opposing them. You seriously going to like not even mention any, anything else that happened there. You're just going to look at these two things by, now, I will admit, I am torn when it comes to the uh, the celebrity speaker, yeah, I mean, I didn't really like what Madonna had to say. It wasn't really like special, and I kind of wish they had sort of vetted people's speeches to make sure they're actually like. I saw Michael Moore's speech, and I was like, I was cool with that because he was actively telling people, "Please get involved in the system. It will only change if you do something about it." That is what people need to hear. They need to hear that they are important and that what they do and say matters. That is why I thought that was an important speech. But Madonna is saying, oh, they don't like that we're here today, fuck them. It's just like, well, yeah, we already knew that. (laughs) We were already thinking that. We weren't considering whether or not they liked that we were here. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like, I I know it brings a lot of high-profile attention to the marches when you have celebrities there, but I think you should have the celebrities there to introduce people from the area who have powerful stories and inspiring stories to tell and maybe get them on the news that way like ooh madonna introduces local activists so and so who you know might be running for local office or you know is trying to get involved in the political system or someone who you know has just been affected by you know some like abortion restrictions or healthcare restrictions and and get attention that way madonna saying to all our detractors fuck you that's not getting any attention but negative attention 
Like, it's not bringing any light into anyone's actual problems. It isn't constructive. It, it was just to get buzz. But when you have something like a woman's march where it's the most people marching for one unified goal worldwide, you, you already have people's attention. You know, you don't have to say, you know, flamboyant shit to get people's attention when everyone is already looking at you. That is when you take the opportunity to go, oh shit, the world's watching? Let me say some shit that's actually going to make a difference. So I'm not going to chastise Madonna for, you know, it, that, that's who she is. That's been her, you know, her entire career. You know, I'm not, I'm not really surprised by her having done that. But I think, I think it was a missed opportunity. My sister was afraid of the KKK for the longest time until she saw the skit uh, the Dave Chappelle, the Chappelle show skit that, uh, showed the black white supremacist. Mm. And, you know, she was really young at that time, but like, she couldn't take them seriously anymore. She was like, wow, these people are, yeah, th this is stupid. This is silly. This is something to make fun of. This is a joke. You know what I mean? And so I kind of felt that way when I made these, because it's just like, it's like, yeah, this guy's rhetoric is silly and it's a joke and it should be treated as such. You know what I mm. mean? So... People were doing this thing where they like punched to music and they were like looping the videos of him getting punched, but like to the beats of certain songs. Oh, it was fucking great. <laughs> the one I was trying to find to send you was it was the build up to the chorus of uh, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. And she's just singing that intro and the boom and uh, just at the boom is him getting punched in the fucking ear like you didn't even really expect it because you didn't know what the video was. That got me. That fucking killed me. There was one for the, the GameCube one. Did you see that one? Well, I did a version with Smooth Criminal. Because someone literally asked, like, has someone done Smooth Criminal yet? And I was like, oh shit, I've got my editing shit open. <laughs> so I just threw it together real quick. So I uploaded these videos, and then afterwards, uh, people were like, oh, you know, it's bad, you shouldn't show people hitting them. I was like, all right, cool. Actually, I would love to show you guys this video, mm. which is where someone was arguing with, uh, with uh, Richard Spencer on his truly ignorant points on uh, this, uh, I think it's like One Network or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, I, I've, I've seen that guy. I, I, I posted it a few months ago, and I was like, Oh man, it kind of sucks because I know nobody's gonna watch it. And uh, and then as as I saw this meme happening, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that the same guy? <laughs> and I was like, all right, for you people that are like, no, I don't like seeing violence. Like, cool, I get you on that one. I got you. Share this video instead <laughs> of him being taken down for fucking thirty minutes. Oh my god, it was so great. There was that one point where they're like, uh, he spit, spouts out this bullshit statistic, and the black dude's like. I don't think that's true. And like, we're gonna go to commercial break and we're gonna check on that. And you can see like, <laughs> it was just like, ah, uh, uh, well, you know what? I'm just gonna stand by this anyway. And then they come back and it was like, yeah, that thing you said wasn't true. First, they sort of spit a fact that they, I mean, something that they believe is fact. They say it plain and straightforward. And then when you like check them on it, they always go back to their, to their feelings and their emotions. You know what I mean? And so here is a fact. This is what I said. And they're like, that's not true. 
Well, you know, it just sort of feels that way, you know, and I, and it's like, no, 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 no. You came to in here arguing what the fucking facts were, and then you got the facts wrong. And it's like that. It's like, well, it doesn't feel that way. Well, then that just means you're wrong, dude. Like, do we really have to have this discussion? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think an important takeaway from all of this is that uh, the alt right, um, is to not be confused with the standard issue right. You know, because I'm done using that phrase anyway, especially when when this fucker is like, uh, we don't really like uh, white uh, nationalists. We prefer alt-right. Well, then you know what? You're fucking uh, white nationalists then. It's like, well, if you don't prefer that term, then maybe you shouldn't be thinking like the people who prefer that term. How about we say that shit to people? Because, like I said, who gives a fuck? It's not about name calling. It's about what it fucking means. Like I said, if you don't like... If you don't like called uh, being a shit eater, don't eat shit. The last thing I want to do is appease you. First of all, you you've done nothing to earn my respect or, or anything like that. So I'm not about to you know <laughs> work on my decorum around you. So fuck you. But I, I think when when people look at this and they think, oh well, you know it's it's opposing uh, political or whatever. Don't look at the word alt right and think that it's connected to the right. It's not. It's a response. The alt-right yeah. are neo-Nazis, white supremacists. They are extremists and terrorists. The KKK are homegrown terrorists. It's about to call it what it is. For fuck's sake, let's not dance around this and use the terms that they invented. Why would we? Well, here's the thing. Excuse me, I was eating some salad. <laughs> eating salad? What time is it to be eating salad? <laughs> salad! I thought you were going to keep talking. I thought you were going to keep talking. I was a little hungry. I just wanted to get something in my mouth. Folks, we're over here talking about Nazi (laughs) McFist in his ear. And this motherfucker, look at you. I'm being healthy, bro. No, you're fat. You're badly dressed. (laughs) (laughs) You're lazy. Not to mention ugly. (laughs) You 50-50 spring mix baby spinach eating. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure it's very delicious, but go on. I've got my fucking point one. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> you deserve to have forgotten. Dan Bull, you you guys might know who he is. He randomly decided to fucking just like message me. I, I literally have no idea where this fucking came from. It's the rap critic. Hey, do you want to review my new album? It's the best album in this entire tweet. And I was like, uh okay, who is this really? <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, like, some fan who, like, put Dan Bull, you know what I mean? Like, people do that, you know? And I was like, wait, this is actually, I went to his thing, I was like, oh, yeah, he's got the, the Twitter check mark, you know? He's verified, yeah. yeah. And he's got the such and such thousand followers or whatever, and I was like, that guy really just said this to me. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Why did he say that? <laughs> and I was like, um, well, I've never had a celebrity ask me to, uh, review their album before, but, uh, bruh, if you want to do it, here it is. So, what do we got here? We got Dan Bull and, uh, it's called Hip Hop Parade. And boy, that album cover. See, I- I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, I saw this album cover. And I was immediately put off. <laughs> the first thing I said was, no. Oh, no. So, for, for those who aren't looking at it at this exact moment, you, you got our boy, Dan Bull, on the cover, 
ma- ma- making some like derp expression. He's wearing his uh, he's wearing his t-shirt, which, which is pretty cool. It's like a little t-shirt. It's it's a, it's, it's a uh, cassette with with bull horns. That's creative. Then at the bottom it says Dan Bull Hip Hop Hooray in Comic Sans. In fucking Comic Sans. Yeah, and I was, and I was just thinking like, oh no, oh no, no, not this. <laughs> like, god damn it. This is how it ends. <laughs> and then, but then, I listen to track number one. Mm. Uh, fucking Rug Buggery. Rug Buggery. I don't think we, uh, no, we reviewed one or two uh, British cats. Have we? Yeah, uh, well, I reviewed the Ill Mind it, guy. Yeah, that was you. Yeah, I had the uh, Vic Mensa album because we didn't communicate it, or I wasn't on the same page, and I listened to something different. But yeah, we reviewed that, and was that the only instance of a British rapper? But either way, I listened to that first track, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I'm roughly as politically correct as little Huckleberry friend using epithets no longer customary. I was like... Holy shit! Holy shit! <laughs> it's like, dude, nice with the boys like that, dude. This shit was off the fucking chain. Oh my god, I have, I don't know what the fuck to say. Like, you know, people will will come in, they they use like quick rhymes and the sort of gimmick is like, what a white guy that can rap? That's ridiculous. Uh, but like, it's not just fast rap. He's like straight up fucking clever as shit. And, dude, it's good shit. Like, every song is just loaded with dope fucking bars. Well, all right, at least for the first half of the album, but we'll get to the second half in a fucking second. So, we have Rug Buggery. I don't know if it's, like, a personality that he puts on. Like, that's his, like, Humpty Hump, but it's, like, every couple of tracks, he comes in with this, like, decidedly different voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more of, like, a... a stereotypical dignified like old-timey like british accent was like you know like very stuffy you know what it reminds me of have you ever heard of this guy uh professor elemental dude we have an album of his uh coming up as a patreon request oh shit it's not for a while though (laughs) well yeah it it was that sort of thing i was just like holy shit is that i was thinking like wait is that this guy (laughs) yeah when i heard rug buggery i was a little worried uh in the sense that i was like oh no is this going to be too gimmicky uh with the voice um but i thought rug buggery was probably one of the better tracks um it was a really good introduction i thought i i go back to the quote that uh, uh the ghetto boys Ah, yeah. And with the uh, the short guy, what's his name? He changed Bushwick his name. Bill? Like, yeah, Bushwick Will. He changed his name to, like, Chucky or something like that. He said, like, you know, all rap is about just representing your coast. Like, where are you from? You know? And, like, you know, if you're on no coast, like, tell me what no coast is like. And when I heard this song of fucking British Teeth, where he's just repping that shit, it's like, so what, my fucking teeth are fucked up? I'll give a shit. <laughs> I was like, yes, do you, bro. <laughs> So there was that, then it was sellout, where he was talking about how, like, I do what I love, and, you know, like, I, I never, like, my work is my play, and I enjoy making rhymes for a living, and I just, like, I just felt the fucking energy, and I just enjoyed that shit, like, you know, a lot of rappers have that sort of, man, I don't give a fuck about him making money, motherfucker, but, like, I never give a shit that about the fact that they're making money, you know what I mean? Like, all of these cats that, like, brag and shit like that, like, okay, fine, you're getting money, and you're doing your thing, but, like, Make me care that you're getting money. Because if you don't care, then why are you saying anything? 
uh, you know, when he makes this song, like he sounds genuinely just like fucking happy about it. And I'm, and, you know, you get happy for him. You know, you feel the fucking, uh, you feel the fucking vibe. Then we get to toys, and it's like uh, just him talking about like, dude, I'm a fucking grown ass kid. Like, I don't give a fuck. I still play with toys because that's fun to me. And I was like, dude, I gotta fucking respect that. Like, it's so goddamn childish, but it's with such like spirit and just like and lyricism especially it's like i can't fucking hate on this guy like you want to be like oh man it's so corny but it's like dude but like the guy is so fucking smart and slick with the shit uh there was can't be arsed which <laughs> is that the british way of saying ass i don't i don't know what i it, it's I thought uh, arse was ass yeah it's uh it's like slang okay it, it, it's almost like like i can't be bothered oh okay and uh, that one, that one was okay. It was like it, it was like the whole thing was the first two verses of h- is him being lazy, and the third verse is him like realizing that he's he he starts being lazy about being lazy, and so that causes him to like invert and do like and be active, which is an interesting sort of concept in and of itself. Then you get the wiggly willy he comes back again. He comes in with this shit, yo. My man said. A libertine with a sympathy of Mr. Bean, a prick that means to be inflammatory, so bring your antihistamine. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> a rhythm wrecking rhetorician getting recognition for the fact that my swagger's dictionary definition. I was like, oh, shit. Halfway through the album, literally the halfway mark. Shit gets dark real fucking quick. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I you know what I did? When uh, when I was listening to uh, track number seven, I hurt myself. Yeah. I just looked at the album cover, <laughs> and I like, was just like, "And that's the problem with this album cover." <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Uh huh, okay." So r- right about now, um, I'm I'm just gonna offer my my opinion for the first half, um, because you had uh, uh d- done done the first half. So uh-huh. rug buggery, good intro track. British uh, British teeth. Well, you know what? Overall, I'm just going to say, uh, like you said earlier, he's really good with the bars. He's really good with the end rhymes, the punchlines. They're all, they're all really, uh, they're all very well done. Uh, there are a lot of times where I'm not a huge fan of, um, and I don't mean this as like an insult to the accent, but uh, the delivery I feel sometimes is like, eh, it, it, it comes off a little corny sometimes. Uh, sellout, I dug on principle. Around when toys came on, and I listened to this song was when I really felt like I don't like to compare people often, but when I was like, man, I've heard like MC Chris do shit like this way better. I, I thought you were going to say that. yeah. And it's like, but w- when it comes to like MC Chris, he'll like throw a reference to like toys, like in a song, like somewhere sprinkled throughout. There won't just be like a whole song about it. And I was like, you know, all right, I get it. Which is my problem with a few of these tracks. Um, I can't be arsed being one of them, and fuck everything being the other one. Where it's <laughs> like, uh huh, I get it. He has a concept, and he like goes full force on it. And it's like it's so repetitive, like toys. Uh-huh. I get it. Then with can't be arsed, it's like I can't be arsed to do this. Can't be arsed to do this. It's like. You're gonna really, like, start every bar like this. And the same with Fuck Everything, which we're just skipping to the end, where, like, every single track, every single line starts with that, where it's like, so, do I have to listen to this whole song, or can I, like, listen to half of it and just assume where it goes? Because, like, I get it. I I think as a YouTube rapper, he probably got big off of, like, using a gimmick. 
Yeah, th- that that's another thing where, like, it, it's funny you say YouTube, because the first half of the album reminds me a lot of, um, of the uh, epic rap battles of history, uh. which work in the context of a video. He'll say one or two things that sound like, like, I'll make a face like this. And this is like, well, I don't know what that face is because I'm not watching a video. And it's like, it works in the context of a video, a four-minute video or whatever. I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to a half hour of it. You know, like, one after the other after the other. Like, I need that shit in sittings. So, if this was like like an EP and if it was like half the length and it was like three goofy songs and then three way fucking serious songs it'd be like okay or maybe like interspliced um but yeah like I I just kind of got like yeah okay I get it and it was just a bit it was like it was only 46 minutes but there were some points where I was just like yeah okay I think I get it and but I I like the for for as gimmicky as it was, I like the character uh, that was in uh, Rugbuggery and Wiggly Willy. But holy shit, you don't follow Wiggly <laughs> Willy with a fucking hurt myself. I saw this title, and I was just like, okay, where's this gonna go? And like you said, it gets really fucking dark, which is fine. But not in this context. Maybe just some sort of transitional material. <laughs> An interlude, a skit, <laughs> some type of introduction to where you're not set up, you expect this whole goofy thing, and then the fucking one, like, besides maybe, uh, I'm gonna be a daddy and fuck everything, you're looking at these tracks and you think to yourself, most of these could probably be pretty goofy. So when you see I Hurt Myself, you can be like, oh, like, I don't know, does he eat too much and then he gets indigestion? Oh, (laughs) did he stub his toe and he hurt his toe? Like, oh, I I eat ice cream and I got a brain freeze. I hurt myself. No, it's I don't take shit very well and I hit myself and 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 I'm like, whoa, what the? And then the fucking track just ends with sobbing. And then it's like, oh, am I just supposed to get over that and fucking listen to Stroking a Cat? Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this shit was so annoying. Like, like, every... Whenever we get an album that has that one super serious track where it's either the Life on the Road track, the I Miss My Kids track, the Oh, I Really Miss My Girl, My Fucking Career Has Gotten in the Way and It's Ruining My Personal Shit, it never fits. <laughs> and this was a prime example, and it's like, seriously, dude, like, I per- I totally understand and respect you expressing your emotion in a song. 100%. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. But this whole album is the premise of, this is a YouTube guy who does songs that are like parodies and about video games. His number one song on, Spot- on uh, Spotify is about Overwatch. So why would I expect this guy to all of a sudden have a song where he's talking about hitting himself and crying throughout the outro and screaming, look what you made me do? Like, what the fuck am I listening to? Uh, you know, I think the problem with it is, is that at, at, with the songs that you've heard up to this point, you keep expecting there to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and the sort of delivery, when it gets overly emotional, it's just like, it doesn't fit what was happening before. So it's just like, Wait, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Because it's making me feel really awkward. Like, and maybe that's the point. But I think this could have 
But sequencing could have helped this if maybe How to Smash Your Mirror came after the Wiggly Willy, right? Yeah. You, know, you have someone who's really com- uh, really confident, and then you have a song about, like, oh, you know, this is how you can be confident, too. And then you have the song that's revealing that I'm not that confident at all. You know what I mean? Like, that would be a good transition. But to go from the silly bullshit of, you know, I'm wiggly willy, da 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 to... Look what you made me do. I'm going to hurt myself. It's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because <laughs> like I said, I wasn't, no, I didn't know if I, how I was supposed to feel about it. And maybe that's the point. But I, I, like, maybe you could say artistically, he's trying to show like, I don't know how he, maybe he has like bipolar and it causes him to like switch into a mode completely. Because it really is like split exactly down the middle. How things change. Like track seven out of 12 is where things change, you know what I mean? And and it starts with the most serious and the darkest out of the six that, well, not all of them are, are dark and serious, but they do definitely have a different tone uh, than the first half. I was expecting to see maybe it have like a side one, side two thing, but I didn't look to see if there was like a physical release, so all I had to go on was uh, what it said on Spotify, so I wasn't really sure. But yeah, it was kind of thrown in there. Uh, then you get Stroking a Cat, which I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. That was like the sweetest song. Like, I think, I, are, are rappers just making like, are like white rappers just making like songs about cats now? Because that, that, that would be fine with it. Because there's the Kirby song. And there's Kirby, the song, yeah. like songs about how much they love their cats. You just get a playlist of like rappers rapping about their cats. It's like, oh, it's pretty cool, you know? Is there a cat playlist? Can someone make us a cat playlist? Cat rap playlist? Yes. Uh, And do not include opposites attract. Aww. (laughs) Alright. No, but, uh, yeah, Stroking a Cat was, like, a really sweet, like, down tempo number about, you know, like, the love you have for your animals, and, like, I really feel for them, especially if you're, like, you know, particularly lonely, and, like, that's your, you know, solace or whatever, and it's, like, (laughs) it was a really cool track. That should have been between Wiggly Willy and Hurt Myself. Maybe, yeah. Because it it was the slow transition between, okay, we're having fun, to, all right, this isn't as fun, but it's not off the deep end yet. Yeah. You know? Like, it would at least get you in the right mindset, at least more so than Wiggly Willy straight into Hurt Myself. Yeah. And then you get How to Smash Your Mirror, which is a dope track about, like, you know, not caring about what you're going to do. I mean, uh, not caring about how you look and, you know, just just being yourself and talking about how, like, guys also kind of deal with uh, image problems, you know? Mm. And I was just like, but, you know, you have to get over that as well. And, you know, that that's a nice little track to have out there. Then you have Look at the Elephant. Holy God. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking, you're going to die. No, listen to me. <laughs> like, let me stop this fucking song to remind you that you are going to die. <laughs> like, I... Hey, man, <laughs> this isn't that kind of party. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on with Look at the Elephant. First of all, the chorus was annoying. I, I didn't care for that. But look at the elephant. What, what, what was the underlining point with that? Because at points it was getting political. So I thought maybe like, OK, elephant. The, 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 like, GOP symbol is an elephant, so is that where we're going? But then out of nowhere, it was like, you're going to die. Listen to me. You're going to die. No, seriously. It's like, wait a minute. So what? 
what was the overall point of that track? I think it was just an exercise in just existential thinking. What does the elephant have to do with that? Well, that's the idea that we assign value to certain things, even though they don't have value as far as like the universe is concerned. Like we have elephants in zoos and we think that they're important, but flies are actually more important to keeping up our ecosystem than elephants are. Okay. Because, you know, flies are literally all across the world and they actually, mm. uh, you know, the, like they help in like, you know, pollen and reproducing life and shit like that. You know, and it's like, but we don't like flies. That's our value system for that. We think flies are annoying. We would never want to preserve them, but we want to preserve mm. elephants, even though they serve a less important purpose. And that's okay. us assigning that purpose. So this song is sort of just like the breakdown of our our ideologies, I think. Like he has one lyric where he says, uh, either side of the dividing line is like a binary multiplier. We're all bullied at school, but never did it ourselves. That doesn't add up. You were a bully without knowing it as well. You're guilty of stuff you'd have others thrown in a cell for. So look close to home before telling us what we're going to hell for. And mm. that was sort of like the point of saying, like, you know, we think about the people who do stuff to us, but we never think about how our actions affect others. Or if we do, you know, we have the excuse of being like, oh, well, that person deserved it. I mean, mm. you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, we justify our things while saying that other people are horrible if they do stuff to us, you know? Mm -hmm. And also applying that to religion is saying, like, you know, look close to home before telling us what you're going to hell for, you know? I, I know some out guy out there's going to be like, oh, think about that before you play, please talk about the video of the guy getting punched. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and if we haven't convinced you of that by now, we're never going to. Uh, I'm surprised he, you're still listening. If that's the case, yeah. But and he also has a point where he says, uh, uh, "Nazis were people too. If you'd have been in their circumstances, the certain chances you would be one too." And I was like, "Yeah, I feel that." And now, I think the point he's making is that ultimately. If you're not self-critical of yourself, you can fall into bullshit, you know? Right. And that's the fear that I have for a lot of white people out there. It's like not being critical of yourself, which is what's happening in this song where he's being like breaking down our barriers and our ideas. You know what I mean? That's what makes you a shitty person a lot of the time. Like with the earlier thing where he's talking about bullies, you know? Mm. I thought I thought the point about bringing up pedophiles was specifically interesting. Uh, the, the thing he said was odd. Like, he was like, pedophiles are people too, that's their sexuality, it's not a choice, they're not criminals, unless they breach legality. I was like, okay, I like, I feel you on that. And then he says, and when the age of consent comes internationally ranging from 8 to 18, then that's the massive leap. I didn't know what he meant by that. Yeah, I was like, okay, I got you at first, because, yeah, I don't want to just vilify people unless they actually you know like he said like actually break the law you know but yeah then i then he lost me i wasn't <laughs> sure what he meant by that it's like well there are some people that are okay with having sex with eight-year-olds i uh, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> is that age of consent adjustment something that's in the works like i haven't heard about that that's like, news and, and, to me and it's like does that make sense to you? Like, I understand you're breaking down this shit, but it's just like, there's gotta be at least something. Like, I understand you're like, well, you can't have sex with someone when they're fucking four years old, and you can have sex with someone when they're 18. It's like, 
Yeah, but I think the extreme that people are most likely talking about is like 12 to 16, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone's like advocating for having sex with eight year olds. I think it's just like, oh, if you're 13 and someone's 12, like uh, that's the, very, uh, the variation because your brain is still developing. You might be taking advantage of someone if you're like 16 and someone's 12. You know what I mean? Like. Like that, I feel, and we can have the discussion of that, but ah, it's a little murky territory where you're just like, oh, come on, don't judge someone wanting to have sex with an eight-year-old. I, like, I, I think I can a little bit. Again, <laughs> lo- look at the album cover. But what I was going to say, this track felt a little bit like that one track off the Hobson album that was a little up its own ass. The Fly? Uh, Yeah, uh-huh. Where where it was it was talking about like uh, it was the one we got the most flack for because of the you know did the guy who go to college go to college or whatever but then there was lines in there or whatever and the video was like oh going back to nature and all this it was like all right like is this really the is this really the place for this <laughs> and is that really what you're doing are you really going back to nature Hobson <laughs> like you know what I mean like don't bullshit me dude. So, and then, and then he says, like, uh, he follows it up by saying, you may feel uncomfortable, but it's the truth, actually, like the fact that you're a walking, talking poop factory. Like, um, that's not really blowing my mind, bruh. <laughs> yeah, th- th- that track didn't affect me as much as I thought it was going to. A lot of yeah. it kind of fell flat, and it wasn't one of the more impactful lyrically you know, like like impressive, like the flow and and the rhyme work, like we were saying earlier. Yeah, it was and just then, like, I like uh, maybe he thought like the controversial points in it would kind of carry it. Yeah, and, and then there's one part where he's like, a transsexual is genetically a uh, transsexual. I'm already kind of pulling my uh my uh, uh my collar like. Uh. <laughs> Hey, 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 you know what? Maybe it's cultural. I don't know. <laughs> says, a transsexual is genetically their birth gender. It's burnt into the embers of their cells like the Earth's center. We can pretend, but in the end, eventually, identities inconsequential, conscious beings are non-essential. Disagree? Each piece of meat you eat was born of suffer. It, like, and he kind of goes on to something else and he's like, he doesn't really make the full point? Like, he's like, Okay, a, a, a transsexual is genetically their birth gender. It's burnt into them. And we can pretend, but in the end, identity doesn't even matter. I was like, wait, then why were you bringing up the point that it's burnt into their thing if you're just going to say that it doesn't matter? Like, it felt like he wasn't concrete on what his point was supposed to be. Like, was his point supposed to be that, oh, transsexuals can say they're one gender, but they're the gender that they were born with. Or is this point that identity doesn't matter and that we shouldn't be judging them anyway? Like, it's just kind of a murky place there, you know? Yeah, I was going to say that maybe this song maybe shouldn't have been about so many things, (laughs) you know? Uh, Maybe make it one really solid song about one cohesive thought. (laughs) Or or maybe one perverse, just something like that. But it's just, he's trying to conquer too many things. He put up more than he could chew with this one. But then we got him going to be a daddy. Yeah, which uh, I think it's interesting that we got a song called, uh, you know, I'm going to be a daddy and about the subject matter on the same album as toys because it it was so like, you know, just about a half hour ago where we're talking about like, oh, I still like to play with these toys and, you know, read these things and, you know, play these games or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like the like 
I thought I'm Gonna Be a Daddy was probably one of the better ones. If it didn't uh-huh. repeat so much. It, it's, it's a little long for what it is, which is, I think, the issue with some of these songs. Like, some of them are, like, writing that, like, two to two and a half minute. But then some well, of them... He was, yeah, he was writing the first two tracks when he kept it really short, you know? Yeah, when you got, like, Sal out going on for four and look at the elephant going on for over five minutes. It's like, you know what? You know, you're a YouTube guy. You're used to kind of, especially if you're doing, like, the YouTube parody shit, like, they're usually pretty short to the point. They don't go on for too long. They're a little stretched out. I'm Gonna Be Daddy is uh, is an interesting track because he's, you know, he was being very real on that track where it's just like, I'm fucking not ready for this and I'm really yeah. afraid. It demonstrated how childish he feels. And then when you get to the song, it's like how inadequate he feels as someone willing to care for someone else is exacerbated by how childish he feels, you know? So it's like, at first, the song feels like the narrative is just, I'm fun and fancy free, whatever, I don't care. And then it's flipped on its ear to be like, that is biting me in the ass because that I'm exhibiting how much I'm not ready to do this. I think it's funny that there's songs on here that they kind of mirror themselves because you, uh, pardon the pun, because you have I'm Gonna Be Daddy and you have toys. Then you have songs like British Teeth where it's like, eh, whatever, you know what, fuck it. Uh, I'm how I look and that's whatever. And then you have How to Smash Your Mirror, which is all about insecurity with how you look. It reminded me of another rapper I know's album. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's one we talked about on this podcast as a special review. <laughs> Uh, is that a fact? Yeah, um, you know, it's a shame we couldn't have him as a special guest or anything, but, I thought um, he came on at one point. He, like, beat my ass. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe that's why we haven't asked him back. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. That's probably a good reason. But, yeah, it reminds me of, uh, Polarity Switch by, uh, yeah. old Master Artisan. Mm, I remember that dude. Uh, apparently has some new album out with some some group of people. Oh yeah, that's right. Why even promote it though? Fuck them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, so you know, you get uh, look at the elephant. Uh, I'm gonna be a daddy. And then you get, fuck everything. I don't like. I enjoyed fuck everything. I understand how the repetitiveness can annoy people, but I was just like, uh, it, I, I thought of it as a step up from the fuck the world song by Insane Clown Posse. It reminded me of that one Limp Biscuit song. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? No. Ah, you didn't. You didn't have that album growing up like I did. Um, yeah. What was that one song? It was like, uh, hold on. I just wanted to look it up. It was called the fucking song. Was that what it was called? Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. Okay, no, it was called Hot Dog. Yeah, no, um, I remember someone telling me about that song. Yeah, and they were like, you know, this song has the most curse words in it, or something. It's like a that. fucked up world, a fucked up place. Everybody's judged by the fucked up face, and then later it says, um, um, I've said, I've said, fuck. Wait, no. Um, if I say fuck two more times, that's forty six fucked in this fucked up rhyme. It kind of reminded me of that, and I honestly thought that Limp Biscuit did it better than uh, fucking uh. Dan Bull did. Um, and, and and I hate that song. I'm not a fan of of uh, Limp Biscuit. I had that album when I was like eleven, and I was a fucking edge lord, and I thought that was cool. Um, not so much anymore. But boy. Fuck everything was the quintessential I fucking get it where it was like, I'm gonna say this, then I'm gonna say it's contradiction, then I'm gonna say this, then I'm gonna say it's opposite. 
for five and a half minutes? Are you serious? <laughs> you can get that point across in like two. Yeah. And I get it though, where it's like, you know, I'm going to say this controversial thing, but then I'm going to say the opposite controversial thing. So no one can really get mad at me either way. Fuck Democrats. Fuck GOP Republicans. Like, I don't have a stance, even though I clearly do. If you listen to my song, look at the elephant. Um. Yeah. So it, it kind of, it, it, it doesn't work strong enough in its message, especially when the idea is just opposites. Like, cause it, like, well, I know you don't have any conviction that you're showing in this song, so what does it matter that you're saying fuck these opposite things? It was a really weird way to end the album. <laughs> yeah. I think that I'm going to be a daddy would have been better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that would have been a like, good one. After all this ridiculousness, oh, shit. So I, I, I like that he threw out a fuck this uh. new breed of YouTube pranksters. Just have a whole song about that. Well, see, that's the funny thing, because, like, when he says that, it's just like, Oh, okay, so you're thinking that it's going to be, like, that type of song. Like, he's saying the things that he really doesn't like. But there was no opposite for that one, was there? No. It's not like he was like, fuck, you know, parody rappers on YouTube or anything like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm just gonna say this, and I know the song wasn't supposed to be taken seriously or anything, but I will say, it did catch me off guard a little bit. When he decided to throw out a fuck queers, but then didn't make any sort of straight comparison. Oh, yeah. That was weird. That was weird because it goes, fuck beards, fuck hipsters, fuck queers. Fuck the popping sound coming from my ears. It's just like, wait, um, uh-huh. are like bearded hipsters, <laughs> are they gay? Is that what you were trying to say? Oh, fuck just- ABC, fuck one, two, three, fuck who, we, you, fuck me, oh, fuck's sake, fuck this. <laughs> God, this is like, th- this isn't even a rap song. Th- th- this can't be considered a fuck, uh, a rap song. This is stream of consciousness, uh, fuck repetition, ah, I get it. Th- th- this Th- that was, was funny. Yeah, on, that was funny. I, I wish you would have done that one more, actually. Fuck repetition, fuck repetition, fuck repetition, and fuck not rhyming things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hated that song. Um, yeah, it needed it needed more clever moments. It needed per... a fucking point. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I mean is, is, like, I think you can have something simple, but it needs to be sharp. Mm-hmm. It needs to be tight, and it needs to get to what the points are. Because uh, uh what was uh, what's the name of the song? Fuck everything. Fuck everything. Yeah. <laughs> you seriously asking me that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, okay, so you have fuck right, fuck wrong, fuck ping, fuck pong, fuck weak, fuck strong, fuck king, fuck Kong, fuck, like, and that was just four bars where nothing was funny. Like, you have fuck gongs, fuck the beginning of songs, and fuck you if you're not singing along. Oh, that's clever. But then you just have, like, a quick, like, you have, like, a, a full 16 fucks where there's not really a joke. Th- that that shtick should have ended after the and fuck you if you're not singing along because fuck gongs fuck the beginning of songs fuck you if you're not singing along the song doesn't do anything that clever again for like the rest of the song like, it does it occasionally where it's like fuck cancer fuck looking for an answer and fuck this new breed of YouTube pranksters but then you look at this and it's just 
Fuck NWA, fuck your beliefs, fuck war, fuck peace, fuck north, fuck east, fuck north, so, and it's like, what? What is all this? None of this makes any sense. None of this has any correlation, it's not clever, it's not funny. And there's only so many ways I could say I hated the song. I hated the song! I hated it! I, I honestly? I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't even listen to the whole song. I'm reading it now. But I couldn't do it! I got halfway through and I was like, I got it. Uh, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> They're not throwing me any surprises halfway no. through. It's not gonna be like a fucking Kendrick Lamar song where the beat switches up and then, you know. <laughs> no, you're not listening to these walls. And you're like, uh-huh, I get it, he's fucking a woman. And then, and then he just changes the song and just like, oh no, dude, you missed the whole part where he's like talking to a dude in jail and about how like yeah, the dude yeah. fucked up. Like, you missed the whole point. This is like, no, I missed a fuck you, fucking hell, no offense, fuck. Yeah, I, I, I think I, uh, I think I did myself a service there. <laughs> I did myself a favor. <laughs> but, um, overall, uh, my friend, which, what, what would you give? Uh, Hip Hop Hooray. <laughs> I keep forgetting the goddamn name of the album. Oh, man. You're going to hate me for this, bro. No hate. I would give it a five out of five solid. Wow. I'd give it a three at the most. Really? Yeah. Man. What does he have to do? Come on, man. Fucking... Tracks one through six are solid, man. Lyrics upon lyrics, throwing it at you, tight beats. What, what does that not impress you, Muse? Are you not entertained? Are, are you not entertained, dude? I mean, yeah, maybe if it would have been the first six, but he fucks it up. He fucks it up beyond repair. He lost a lot man, of points you, in my book you, you call, with the second you half. He and he didn't even make him back up. No. See, that's my thing. Like, Seriously, you, I feel you're like, gonna end the album with fuck everything and you're asking me if he made up any ground? No! If anything, he I'm lost any about, ground he did make up. I'm talking about I'm going to be a daddy, you know, stroking a cat. It wasn't good enough. Really? No. The, I, I was not impressed enough with this album that I was like, yeah, man, I want to check out more Dan Bull. It was like, it was alright. You know, like, I've, I've listened to, to better uh, nerdcore stuff. If you're looking at the nerdcore stuff, I've listened to better serious stuff. This was very middle of the road for me overall, because anything that he middle made... Middle of the road? Anything he got points on with his, uh, with his flow and his delivery and his writing, he lost in, like, being gimmicky or just having a fucking mm. schizo album that didn't make any sense one way or the other. And it was all disjointed. And no. I, I rolled more than I was, than I was like, you know, wowed. Uh, man. You know, you're making me think about it. All right, yeah, you're right. Uh, all right, four and a half, four and a half. Okay, I ain't trying to convince you one way or another. After fucking last no, week, but... after after last week with Frank Ocean, where you fucking busted my balls for giving that album a positive review. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> now I'm the dick. <laughs> it, it, dude, it rotates, man. That's how it goes. I know. As the uh, as the podcast turns, so to speak. So, in addition to our uh, normal socials, uh, we have a new one. Uh, subscribe to twitter.com slash going off podcast for everything going off podcast. Uh, it's relatively new. Uh, we created it at the end of last week 
Um, so really, there isn't much on there as of right now. I shared a picture of the Marge Simpson minion thing that we talked about <laughs> last week. So it's a little uh, interactive thing. Twitter.com uh, slash going off podcast. So uh, follow today in addition to our uh, normal Facebook, Twitter, uh, Patreon. Help us out there. And our uh, YouTubes. You can subscribe and uh, never miss a new video. Because I know YouTube likes to hide that shit every so often. But until then, we'd also like to thank our um, our Patreon supporter on your end, uh, by the way, b- uh, before we get out of here. Yeah, uh, Travis Odin's off. On uh, on our Patreons, we got the um, we got the sit in on on the recording perk. So it's uh, patreoncom rapcritic uh, or patreoncom music. You can check those out, and you can read that over. See what interests you, and you can uh, cancel your pledge at uh, at any time, start and stop, whenever you want. Change the amount whenever you want. You can do it with hey, uh, PayPal. You don't have to apologize to us. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's a completely guilt-free zone. <laughs> Whatever works for you. But uh, until next week. I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. Call, write, troll, fight. No matter what your style may be, resist. We'll see you next week.